What are you talking about? Yeah, funny little green ghouls. What? Like in movies and cartoons? What? Are... Oh, green ghouls, buddy! Don't write ghouls. I'm not. I'm gonna start this off with: Do you like my camo and camo action? I do like your camo and camo action. <laughs> I was just thinking about your Crocs the other day. They're good Crocs, man. <laughs> I found this little rake that you can put on the front of your crock so you can rake your lawn. It doesn't work well, but... So you just become a giant bird. Like... (laughs) Kind of. Well... I also don't have a lawn, so I think it would be even funnier. (laughs) Hi, we're Area 215. Come rake our lawn. Come rake my lawn. We don't have one. Yeah. No. Neither of us have a lawn. Yeah, neither of us have a lawn. Also, yeah, you made that face, and it does sound dirty. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm going to make a porno just called Break My Lawn. I'm going to be dressed in, like, fucking New Balances and high white socks. Break My Speaking Lawn. Speaking of, dope Halloween costume. I haven't seen you since then. Thank you. I was a uh, jort to the rings. It was so good. So, uh, yeah, Lord of the Rings, but with jorts. Yeah, it was really good. It was good. And then I had to call an ambulance for somebody at work wearing all of that. <laughs> Gandalf on top. <laughs> fucking supervisor in the bottoms. It was a little unfortunate. I like immediately ripped the the um the beard off. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> Cause I was like, man, are you dead? What happened? Uh, I don't know. They said that he ate an edible uh... before coming in and he stood up to get air. But the way there's a pillar in work, it's like a solid brick pillar that separates the bar from the dining room. I thought I was going over to see this man in a puddle of blood. I thought he hit his head. He his head was directly next to it. Oh, my God. With his shoulder. Basically. Yeah. He got up. They told because I asked, like, why did he get up? Right. He had got they said he got up to get air because he started to not feel super great. And when he stood up, it was too late. And he fucking just fell. And his shoulder was, like, right below. Like, he was literally in that 90-degree angle where oh. his head was here and his shoulder was There's here. There's, like, a foot of space between, yep. oh, my, ugh, I hate that. And because everybody was drunk and the fl- or the Phillies were playing and everything like that, somebody was like, oh, my God, he's seizing. And I was like, <laughs> he's not. Please stop making this worse. He's foaming at the mouth. Like, no, he's not. It, he Was he bleeding? No. I did expect see of him bleeding. I had to see a sea of blood the other day. I had to help a guy who was going downhill on a motorized bike flip his handlebars. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it seems like there's just seas of blood since seas the World Series began. <laughs> well, R.I.P. World Series. Yeah, that's over. We almost made it. Yeah. Fuck you. Uh, I won't it- say fuck Houston, but I don't know if we have any fans in Houston. <laughs> but yeah, sure, whatever. Fuck Astros. Uh, sure, I love that you knew the name of the team. I did. They came. The fucking couple of Astros fans came into the bar, and they were very respectful. I was waiting for them is to that, be. Is that who the Phillies played? Yes, oh. I was waiting for them to be not respectful, and I was about to be like, "Get the fuck out of my bar!" This is a <laughs> get Phillies out of my so house. Amazing. But they weren't. They were very nice. So. That's good. You <laughs> gotta be because uh, Phillies fans have a re- very notorious reputation. <laughs> yeah, I was going to kick them out. <laughs> But they were nice, and they were lucky that they came to the bar that was empty. I didn't know you were such a baseball guy. <laughs> I'm a Phillies guy. <laughs> Do we introduce ourselves? No, I am <laughs> Sam Phillies Hot Vodka. And this is Buffy Anti-Sports, the two-inch Punisher. Not anti-sports, I just 
I don't get it. Uh, I, I get hype, dude. You get- I love watching people be happy, though. Like, that's, that's cool. fair. Um, yeah, so this is technically the last episode of our second season. It usually happened a couple of weeks ago, but we yeah. have good reasons. It's usually our Halloween episode, but you know what? I got fucking married earlier this year, and I finally took a vacation about it. Yeah, so this is basically uh, our new tradition Samhain Spaghetti Part 2. Part 2. Part 2. Where we write our own weird horror stories, basically. <laughs> Mine is mean because you have to go back to last year's and listen to chapter one. That's true. But whatever. <laughs> Mine is... You don't have to listen to the last one to listen to this. But you can tell me if my writing has gotten worse or better. Yeah. Am I losing on. my brain? Well, hopefully not. I don't know. You've been bartending for a full other year, though. True. Um. Yeah, I guess that's kind of it. So sorry about the little bit of a delay, and then RAP to season two after this. <laughs> we got a bunch of cool shit coming up for, you know, the next one. Right. Started reading a book called The Pagan Book of Living and Dying, and I'm, I feel like I could properly grieve this season now mm. that it's in its passing and as it's passing. <laughs> RAP. Uh, all right. I guess. Do you want? Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? We never did this. Do you want to? Rochambeau. Who went, for, who went first last year? Me. I'm going. All right. Also, my laptop's probably gonna die, so it's probably better. We're also drinking a caramel espresso oh, yeah. porter, not a cocktail today. Flying fish from Flying Fish, because I went there today because I wanted to drink this beer straight from the teat. Yeah, not a porter guy, because I don't really like uh, chocolate that much, but this is really good. It's got enough coffee and caramel to, like, really hold up. Oh, and I sprayed myself in the face with it the other day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ed told me to send it to movers and shakers, and I did, and then I was on a post. We'll share the video. (laughs) Some people are being mean, some people aren't, but it's fine. It was my own fault. It was literally... Always use two hands when tapping a kick. Yeah, it was great timing. Really <laughs> solid. All right, so my story is Meddling Kids Chapter 2. Just a little, in case you guys do want to go back and listen to last year's, it is a comic book that I have had in my brain since I was like 15. So it's fun for me, and I like this. So thank you so much for letting me do Chapter 2, because there needs to be some clarifiers, I guess. Yay. All right, so Meddling Kids. Chapter two. I didn't name it. That's the name of the chapter. Okay. Last we saw the gang. Yeah, we're calling them the gang now. They were sipping on a new bottle of whiskey. That bottle's gone now. They drank quite heavily that night. They had quite a bit to talk about and found new interesting ways to overcome the slurring of their voices. Now I know what you want to say. Hey, Buffy, isn't it stupid for these folks to be getting piss hammered during a zombie apocalypse? Well, yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) But you see, at this time, they're about two weeks into the... Outbreak. Yeah, we'll call it an outbreak. So they're two weeks into the outbreak, and you see most of their town is dead in some way or another. And with the quarantine, the outbreak should be contained. Well, they're pretty pretty damn sure that the outbreak hasn't gotten past the quarantine yet. But regardless of what was going on inside the bar, outside the bar, but regardless of what was going on outside the bar, the gang has treated their last few weeks with borderline unwarranted pride. Or maybe they're just a little bit nihilistic. I don't know, pick one. I'm running out of breath. (laughs) (laughs) So they spent the night getting piss hammered and welcoming Thor into their post-apocalyptic party. All right, I know it's not a party. I know it's a mass amount of death and decay and for sure the end of the gang's reality and their comfort as they know it. 
but it sounds nicer to call it a party. Johnny, Rick, and Emily filled Thor in on their last few weeks, and all the neighbor-killing, fiend-smashing, zombie-hunting motherfuckers they'd become. They told Thor how the first day, they, being Johnny and Rick, stumbled out of their houses at the crack of noon to head to Wawa for some coffee and a hoagies. Over the fence, they noticed their neighbor, Phyllis whoever, all grayed and bloodied, still dressed in her nighttime moo frantically biting into the stomach of her cat on her front lawn. She sported an unnerving and fiendish look of gluttony on her face. Johnny and Rick weren't altogether the quickest dudes, so they sort of just chalked it up to the breakfast joint they enjoyed moments before and continued to walk towards sandwiches and caffeine. They, t- they, th- they told Thor how on the second day they were walking by Saunders Field and noticed a team of little leaguers cir- circled around someone on the ground, seemingly beating the shit out of them. Now the guys aren't narcs, but they don't like bullies either, so they took it upon themselves to scare the little shits. The guys simply screamed down the field, Yo, nerds, quit it! In their most authoritarian and adult tones. They told Thor how the squad of little kids gazed up at them. They saw the same fiendish look of gluttony in their tiny blood-stained faces that they saw on Miss Whoever's face. The children's bones cracked and creaked as their attention turned towards Rick and Johnny. The guys backed up slowly. To their new friend, the story came out a bit cooler than in reality, but as one would likely do in a situation like this, the guys sprinted like hell back to their house. The gang takes another shot and cracks a few more beers. They, to- they told Thor how on the third day... I shouldn't have repeated all these things so many times. The T's and the T's, man. <laughs> they told Thor how on the third day they started carrying weapons with them. Whatever they, could, whatever they could find, really, and how they finally concluded that they were stuck in a bit of a zombie outbreak. They deduced that the situation was somewhere between Night of the Living Dead and Zombieland, meaning they figured they had a pretty decent chance of staving these guys off for a bit. They told Thor how on the sixth day they met Emily. Yet, so we know, in such a small town, it's damn near impossible to miss a new neighbor, but the guys were generally content in the same place all their stuff was, their house, a house they honestly barely left. Plus, Emily had only moved to town a few days prior, so it isn't that weird, right? Just ships in the proverbial night. Uh, A little clarifying note, Emily actually recently dropped out of school for whatever, pick a reason, I don't give a shit. She decided to move in with her dad to save a bit of cash before getting a place of her own. See, financial responsibility, very smart. Uh, But her dad had just moved to a new no-name small town, a place where there was no real industry left, only a couple of stoplights and a few pubs. But, as always, he just had to be there for work, and she just kind of needed a place to stay. So she's there now, too. Cool. Clarified. They told Thor how on the day they met Emily, they were impressed by her shirt. I don't know, man. Imagine, like, a cool stone and metal shirt or something. <laughs> but they were even more impressed by the way she really wailed on that thing in the dollar store. Johnny and Rick were going to the store for some TP when they saw her through the window. Emily was using a cash drawer like she was Bruce fucking Harper and demolished the side of the Stevenson's kid's head. Go birds. Go birds. Johnny and Rick watched as she proceeded to mercilessly fuck up the entirety of the undead neighbor's head, destroying a display of cheap sunglasses in the act. They told Thor how it took them a minute to realize that this was the first human, like human human, like not undead, not sick, not gnarly, human, they had seen in almost a week. And like a scene from a Kevin Smith movie, the guys knocked on the window of the dollar store and started waving with goofy-ass smiles plastered across their goofy-ass faces. Uh. Emily, who was more confused than anything, cocked her head slightly, glared as she processed what was happening, and simply stepped over the Stevenson kid and walked towards Johnny and Rick. The gang took another shot and cracked a few more beers. 
They told Thor how, with much help from Emily, the rest of their days had been spent fortifying certain areas around the town to their benefit, namely the bar and the pizza shop. And of course, fastening some better weapons. Rick could not let the night end without explaining in immense detail the love and care that went into Jolene. Remember that? Remember his bat? Saw blades? Barbed wires? Yeah, you remember. That's Jolene. So we don't want to get too sad here, but as ha- as happens with most nights of drinking with friends, the mood did dampen as Thor s- shared his last few weeks. See, though Thor was having a pretty damn good time with the gang, he was still having trouble feeling like anything. He knew he was holding a beer, but he couldn't feel the cold. He knew he was inhaling smoke, but he never coughed despite his lifelong allergies. And I mean, man, he was taking shots of that god-awful whiskey they were drinking, but his chest never burned. But worst of all was that he couldn't feel his normal range of emotions. He just sort of felt blank. He could mimic the fun he wanted to be having at points, but he spent a good part of the night mentally fading into grayness. As the night progressed, he went on to tell them how the first day he woke up feeling, let's just say, out of sorts. He had the chills and a raging appetite, but didn't think much of it until long after he woke up. Downstairs, his partner, Mitch, was just kind of sitting in his captain's chair, staring at nothing, really, gripping a cup of coffee closely. Thor was still a bit tired and didn't really quite register how eerie this moment was. Usually by that time, by the time Thor woke up, Mitch was already making pancakes or waffles or muffins or some hallmarky shit. Mitch really knew his way around a damn oven and a griddle. Thor went on to tell the gang how he went to give his partner a little kiss on the forehead, the ultimate power source for queer people, uh, when he noticed Mitch was cold. Just, like, really fucking cold. Mitch explained how he wasn't feeling well. Quite awful, honestly. Knowing what we do know now about the state of the small town, we can put together what happens next, but I'm going to explain it anyway, just in case for some strange reason, this is your first time exposed to zombie tropes. Thor told them how he offered to go to the store for flu meds, and how when he came back, Mitch was still sitting in his chair, still holding his cup of coffee, still staring. He told them how he walked towards Mitch and said, Hey babe, I got you some Theraflu... (laughs) Hey babe, I got you some Theraflu... Well, it's an off-brand, but it has all the same active ingredients. It wasn't until he got closer that Thor noticed Mitch was Mitch was in a daze, seemingly sleeping with his eyes open, some kind of creepy, vacant stare. Thor went on to tell them how he asked if Mitch was okay, but Mitch just stared off as, an, as if in a trance. Thor shook him, and Mitch sort of came... Thor shook him, and Mitch sort of came to groaning, What's going on? Thor explained he had just almost screamed for Mitch to hear him. He said, it's me, Mitch, it's Edgar. Wait, he said, it's me, it's Edgar. (laughs) It's me, it's Edgar, you weren't feeling so good, and I went to the store to grab you some meds, remember? Let me clarify, Edgar is Thor's government name, but we will not be calling him that ever again. This is purely for the sake of an incredibly detailed flashback-like story. (laughs) Uh, Thor explained, Mitch mumbled back, Oh, shit, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm so groggy, I feel god-awful, I'm just gonna shut my eyes for a moment. And then he sort of just slipped back into a dream state again. This time, he closed his eyes, though, thank god, because that open-eyed shit was fucking creepy. (laughs) Thor went on to tell the gang how he went to make his coffee. In the kitchen, he grabbed a mug. Not some corny, bad vacation mug, imagine something cool, like, with, like, Leatherface on it or something. He placed his mug on the counter and turned to grab the coffee grinds. Not even a moment later, he heard a shuffle. He turned around to a sickly-looking, grayed-out, sunken-eyed version of Mitch, standing a few feet behind him. Mitch groaned and shuffled awkwardly towards Thor. Thor explained in this moment he was like, 
honey, you want your meds? Babe, you're acting weird. Sweetie, you're scaring me. Mitch's eyes had turned to that fiendish look of gluttony that we mentioned before. Thor told them it was like, he was like, what the fuck, babe? You're seriously scaring the shit out of me. As Mitch bared his teeth and lunged aggressively at Thor, seemingly trying to bite at him. Thor stiff-armed his partner to hold him back by his chest. Thor was much larger than his partner and assumed his strength would work in his favor, but Thor was surprised as all get out that he actually struggled to hold Mitch back. In the moment of sheer panic and plot predictability, Thor reached behind him and grabbed his coffee cup. He proceeded to three stooges his partner with a mug right in the dome. He was trying to he was trying to knock him out like a little bit. Mitch was acting fucking crazy. Thor explained that didn't quite work as the gang took another shot and cracked another beer. Mitch continued to try to attack him. Fucking savage, man. His partner was literally trying to rip his damn throat out. Thor told them that he began to reach for other stuff. Whatever he could. Pots, pans, coffee makers, dish racks. Nothing could stop Mitch. Until the microwave. See, the couple kept their microwave on top of the refrigerator. It didn't look the best, but hell, it was a space saver. Making their way around the kitchen, they traded off advantages as Thor continued attempting to plead with Mitch to just chill out. At... At a point, he had Mitch by the collar, his teeth just inches from Thor's forearm, and Mitch lunged, knocking Thor back into the fridge. Once, twice, three times he attempted to lunge, three times knocking Thor back into the fridge. Thor told them how on the third time, he pushed Mitch forward, reached over his head, grabbed the microwave, and came down hard on Mitch's head with it. The microwave adorned his head as though he was a child-playing spaceman. Thor used this moment of confusion to tie Mitch to a kitchen chair. Although all he had was twine in the kitchen, if you use the whole roll, you can get it done, right? If you're doubtful of that, just ignore it. So Mitch was tied up in the kitchen and Thor was like, what the hell? Thor told them how, as if on cue, the phone rang. It was one of the guys from Thor's Monday Night Darts League, Mike. He told them how Mike asked if he was watching the news, begging for him to turn on the TV, insisting that there was some real shit going down. Thor told Mike he's just been tending to Mitch all morning. You know, he's really not feeling great. He feels like shit. Mike asked in the most frantic of ways, how sick? Sick how? It's, it's, is it like a flu? Did he attack you? What, did it, what does his eyes look like? Is he cold to the touch? He told the gang how, as Mike fired questions at him rapidly, leaving no time to actually respond, he flicked on the TV and there it was. A report of an outbreak, something like a science fiction movie. Reporters trying to act calm, but clearly fear-stricken, borderline in tears. Stories from Facetagram and Snaptalk, broadcasted seem- seemingly with no end. Real fucked up shit, folks beating the shit out of sickly neighbors and friends, vicious attacks on humans and animals, folks vomiting blood and oozing goo from places that they should not be oozing. Ew. Warnings to stay... <laughs> warnings to stay inside warnings not to trust anyone at your door warnings to put down anyone with the following symptoms you could fill those blanks in rick loudly interrupted thor's heart on the table shit dude maybe if we'd watched the news we would have known what was going on with those freaks earlier at least had a leg up on those fuckers thor sort of just trailed off in this moment to this point he was telling his story solemnly but now he was just sort of vacant The three listeners got a bit nervous, as is expected when a sickly-looking person goes vacant during a zombie outbreak. Rick and Johnny and Emily slowly reached for their respective weapons. Though they were progressively letting their guard down throughout the night, they weren't fully stupid enough not to have a weapon close. But in just a moment, Thor's face perked back up. I'm sorry, I'm just grieving, I guess. This shit sucks. Let's have another shot, Thor suggested. 
A little wary, but more drunk than anything, the four took a shot, to those above, to those below, and to the bar. The atmosphere of the room slowly reverted back towards the closest thing that they had to comfortable at the time. Rick, not always sentimental, but in the moment of softness, spoke up. Hey, buddy, I'm really sorry about what happened to Mitch. I didn't mean to sound like an asshole. I just... Thor's eyes cast down. He tried to sound tougher than he felt. It's all right, man. Weird world. I had to do what I had to do, and I really didn't want to do it. You didn't mean to be a dick. I'd hope. As the night went on, the gang shared more stories of horror and bloodshed, trying to ease up the darkness of the world. The case of beer dwindled slowly at the center of the bar. Johnny was the first to pass out, his head nestled in folded arms atop a table in the far corner. Rick, not far behind, stretched himself out over a few bar stools and faded into a drunkard's sleep. Emily had her feet up, leaning against the wall at the end of the bar. Her and Thor, uh. her and Thor, Thor were the last two up. She had a bit of an attitude, but was rarely perceived as intrusive. Not even in the moment she asked Thor, "So what's going on with you, dude? Are you like turning into one of those undead fucks outside? Or are you just sick?" She did the real cool guy thing and like leaned against the wall, sipping her no-name beer, like sort of like Bruce Campbell vibes, but much less douchey. <laughs> Uh, he looked at her vacant. I, I don't know, man. I just don't feel right. I ha- I haven't for a few weeks. I don't know what's going on, but I can't say I mind it, but I don't exactly like it. All I know is those things tend to leave me alone, and I'm hungry all the time, and I'm always tired, and I can never sleep. She learned a little bit more about our new buddy, Thor, how he was physically feeling, attempting to figure out what was going wrong with him. But that's hard to do when you're drunk as hell and, like, not a doctor. <laughs> she didn't end up... With many answers, but she asked some decent questions. He was cold, feverish, hungry, grayed, basically everything those fuckers were. But he was still vegan. He didn't crave brains or guts or human meat or any of that typical shit. Well, man, I don't think I have an idea about... Well, man, I think I have an idea about how to help you feel better. Tomorrow, though. Today was a lot. I don't know if telling you to get some rest is going to help, but I'm going to try to go to get a bit of sleep. You should, too. Thor could tell Emily was fighting sleep hard as she was now speaking so vaguely it made little sense. And the sleep overcame her as it did the boys. To be clear, Johnny, Rick, and Emily were all nervous to sleep, with sickly Thor around, but with the help of whiskey and a few beers, the three managed to get some decent sleep, a couple hours at least. Unasked to do do so, Thor acted as a lookout. The next morning, the sun came up as usual, a bit too bright. Finn. Yay! Chapter two done! Oh no! Oh no, what's gonna happen? What does more. Emily know? Oh! What she, she know? What she know? Oh! Yeah, I, someone contact me and write this for Like, make fucking a comic for me. Draw it. Draw, draw it. it. That's the words. I was gonna say write it, but I'm doing Illustrate. That. Illustrate. It's really hard to turn what I see in my head as a comic book into like a written thing like that, but I will say it's fun. I like it. I mean, I'm if anybody else is like me, I'm sure they're picturing all of this. That's cool. I'm glad we, well, I'm glad at least you and I have similar enough brains that you're like, I know what it looks like. I mean, like, I have an idea of what I think it looks like. I like that. Is Wait, so isn't, is that like a thing when it comes to, like, reading too? What? Do you remember there was that thing that went around for a little bit where it was like, people think and perceive things differently? Like, do you think in words or do you think in pictures? Oh, I think in words, but I'm autistic, so... <laughs> yeah, but, like, you, you're you not the only one. But, like, when you read, do you picture that? Am I asking a dumb question? Mm. 
I think with some books, but I also don't read much fiction. Okay. Like, I think the last time that happened was with Dr. Sleep, but it's because I read Dr. Sleep after I saw images from the movie. Okay. And I was like, this doesn't look right. Maybe I'm asking a dumb question. I've been, I had a couple of these. Of of the beers? Yes. Oh, yours is gone. Yes. Oh, yeah, because I was well, reading. you were reading. Mine's going to, yours is going to be gone in the time frame of me reading. Yeah, and I was like, I was like nervous to share my heart and soul with you guys. I like it. <laughs> I'm glad I did that. Which one do you want to take? Because I'm sure you're going to finish that in the time frame of me reading. Pilsner Brown Ale? What are you at? There's a. These are all from Ed. So Broad City, Bold City Brewing. He said oh, he was. Duke. He said he was really excited to. These are all of his like favorite Jacksonville breweries. I've um, never had anything from Jacksonville be my favorite. <laughs> You're not from there though, so yeah. We it's gotta, true. I've also never been there, so either. <laughs> I'm gonna try this orange Orange Blossom Brewing Company, Honey Pills. Honey pills. Yeah. It smells weird. <laughs> you sound like Maiden. Raging blonde. Jesus. Killer whale. Does he just like these because of the names? No, I mean, but I thought that was cool. But then it also made me sad because of SeaWorld. It's got a killer whale on just it. Just in right. general? No, because it's got a killer whale on it. Yeah, SeaWorld's sad, SeaWorld. All right, I'm going to read my story. It is nowhere near as good as Buffy's like it was It's going to be a lie. It's going to be like the greatest story you've ever fucking heard. No, I'm nervous. Also, I didn't realize that my tablet's at 4%, so we got to do it. You don't want to plug it in? Fuck it, I don't have anything to plug it into. All right, (sighs) Halloween Part 2, Electric Boogaloo. Love it. (laughs) No, I don't actually have a name for it. Um, I forgot to come up with a name. You can name it. Yeah. Okay. Will was aimlessly wandering around South Street one October afternoon. Most of the stores have been abandoned and for rent. He didn't really remember this many the last time he took a stroll around the city, but the city's changing and South Street was always a little weird during the day. Uh, Will's sandy blonde hair started to get a bit windswept, so he decided to turn off of South Street and onto 6th Street, not paying too much attention to his route, but knowing that he wanted to get away from the river. A short amount of walking led him to a weird and easy-to-miss store. Wait, was this new? He didn't really know. Stores were coming and going in that area, so he guessed it didn't matter. He wanted to get out of the wind, and the amber lighting from inside this one seemed pleasant enough. Walking through the store, Will was (coughs) immediately hit with the scent of mothballs. Maybe some mold, but definitely that old smell you get when you walk through some hidden thrift stores. Anastasia's antiques makes sense. Thought Will. Each section of the store, uh, each section of the store, had items from multiple different eras: clothes, weapons, old photographs, a skeleton. The perfect place to kill time. Closest to the door was a long museum-like display, a uh, display case filled with old Victorian clothing. Did you need any help? Will had been so entranced by the clothing that he didn't even notice other people in the store. He jumped and turned around, making eye contact with the voice behind the counter. Were you looking for something specific? The woman asked with a light giggle. I didn't giggle for that, but... He, 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 he. She's got Will... two voices. <laughs> Will shook his head. No, ma'am, just browsing. 
He wasn't really in the mood to be bothered, so he put himself further in the store away from the other browsers. Outside was starting to look a lot worse, so he might as well make uh, make his way through the rest of these relics. Most of the items in the shop were things he had seen before, a lot of old jewelry and hardwood. The cases of old photographs were cool, though. It's kind of weird to think that all of those people are probably dead. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I think, so... A sudden roll of thunder made Will drop the stack of photos he had been sifting through. Damn, I really should go grab a beer to calm these nerves, he thought, as he bent down to grab the photos from the floor. But something stopped him. He noticed this freaky-looking box under some of the cabinets. He instinctively grabbed it for getting the photos. Standing, he began to examine this weird cube that seemed to fit perfectly in his hand. This was definitely the coolest thing he had found by far. Uh, but he wasn't the only ones with eyes on this ornate box. Hey, where did you get that from? That's not for sale. Hand it over, please. The w- <laughs> I'm not good at this. Stern. <laughs> the woman from behind the counter said as she rushed around, trying to navigate through the maze of items uh, towards Will. Will was already closer to the door than she was, with box in hand. He ran outside, not minding the pouring rain, and sprinted for a few blocks before stopping to catch his breath. Holy shit, why did I just do that? I'm definitely getting a drink now, thought Will. The first bar he came across would do, and this one ahead seemed empty enough. War- Ooh, what? Hold up, I hit a weird button. Ah. <laughs> Where am I? Uh, warm and finally drying off with a Manhattan. Why do I keep hitting that button? Sorry. Will decided... To really examine this box. The bar had been completely empty, save for the bartender, so why not? This thing was heavy but smooth with all kinds of engravings. He ran his fingers over each of the grooves and moved the cube this way and that way until it made a silencing click. What the fuck is this? Will mumbled, fixated on the weight in his hand. The weight felt like it was encasing his whole body and a cold silence filled the building. Will began to feel... Like he was suffocating when a hiss came from the shadows. Something or someone had seemed to almost materialize out of thin air. A figure stood in the corner, barely visible, but what Will could see made him feel sick. (laughs) The figure was oddly familiar, but somehow wrong. Its bifocals were no longer resting on its face, but instead embedded into its eye sockets with various pins and wires wrapped tightly around its bulbous head. Its upper lip had been removed, and its skin, skin-tight ruffled shirt had been torn to show wires wrapped around its nipples. The more Will looked, the more horrors he saw. The figure spoke. The box. You opened it. I came. Another crash and flash of lightning illuminated the corner and spilled light onto the figure. Suddenly it clicked. <laughs> Will, was able, uh, Will was able to discern who this thing was, or at least who he thought it was. With all of his might, Will asked, Ben F- Franklin? It couldn't be, right? That doesn't make any sense. And if it was, how? Will's head was swimming as he desperately tried to gather his belongings. The figure let out a cackle and lunged towards the frantic Will. 
Will managed to grab a candle that had been near him on the bar and chucked it at this horrible creature just as Chain shot out of the darkness aiming for him. Instead of ching, ching. Ch- Instead, the chains latched onto the shrieking bartender and with no effort at all, ripped the bartender in half. This didn't buy him a lot of time, but enough time to book it back into the unforgiving storm. Uh, Will ran on to... Er, Will ran onto the first bus he saw coming uh, to a stop at the corner. He ran and threw himself into the, a seat in the back. He knew he wasn't safe and had no clue where this bus was going, but at least it was going. That whole bus ride felt like a blur as Will fought uh, fought off an asthma attack and shivered through cold sweat. When he finally felt like he could look out of the window, he realized he was by the Franklin Institute. Hello, maiden. <laughs> The dog is here. The dog. For the tail. She's afraid of the door now. Hey, what's up? <laughs> this door doesn't shut anymore. My dog is scared of everything, so. Uh. Maiden is now the bravest dog I know. <laughs> <laughs> Maiden, you can hang out, but we're doing things. Um, all right. When he finally felt like he could look out of the window, he realized he was by the Franklin Institute. He sprinted off the bus and towards the entrance. As he made his way up the steps and into the lobby, he realized the irony of where he was. He st- uh, stared at the giant statue. Have you ever- have you been to the Franklin Institute before? Okay. <coughs> I was going to say it took him that long. <laughs> <laughs> he stared at the giant statue of Ben Franklin, waiting for it to move. It didn't. He stood there trying to make sense of what was going on. He thought of the bartender, Ed, and how his face looked as it, it was ripped to shreds. He liked Ed. Will started to hyperventilate and felt a lump form in his throat. Will pushed the tears back and turned around. There was a person staring at him from behind the counter. Realizing how nuts he probably looked, Will walked over to the counter. Uh, hi, sorry, I'm just, you were smart to come here, interrupted the ticket taker. I'm sorry, what? Stammered Will. You're safe here, the ticket taker said in a cynical tone. Seeing the look on Will's face, they continued. No need to explain. I can feel his presence. Ben Franklin. Lost his soul in the pursuit of gratification and eternal pleasures. The deacon of the Cenobites. B-team, if you will. He is summoned, or he has been summoned, and from the looks of it, the ticket taker gestured to Will's pocket. You summoned him. You know, you shouldn't play with things you can't handle. Mm-hmm. It was just a box. How was Will supposed to know? And who the fuck was this dick? Listen here, buddy. I never... Excuses. If you want help, you can come inside. He can't pass these gates. It's hallowed ground to him. Knowledge and whatnot. Or you can... <laughs> or you chestnut. Or you can face your fate. Up to you. You don't need anything to get in. You just have to take my word for it. The ticket taker said with the smile of a politician. There's a way to send him back, and all of the answers lie inside. So what's it going to be? Trust me. Or head back to the streets and wait for him. They held their hand out rigidly. Through Will's hysteria, he realized his hand was wet. He had been gripping the box in his pocket so hard that it was bleeding. He st- Will stared at the dripping blood. Wonderful. He knows you're here now, sneered the ticket taker. They seemed fixated on Will's bloody hand, but never took theirs away. The storm started up again, and the lobby had become a wind tunnel. Suddenly, a barbed string wrapped around... Barbed string wrapped around Will's wrist. 
Will turned to see what was pulling him back towards the street when he saw Cenobite Ben Franklin, or whatever that person said it was. Cenny B. Cenny B? Cenny B F? B Franks? <laughs> it was standing at the bottom of the staircase holding onto a kite string. Will realized that the string wrapped around him was part of that kite. Will reached out and took the ticket taker's hand. Will woke up on the floor of a sickening pink and cramped room. He was hit with an overwhelming smell of old socks masked by Lysol. Will rushed to his feet and realized he was in the giant heart display. He remembered it from field trips when he was a kid. The voice of the ticket taker echoed through Will's head, interrupting his thoughts. You don't have time to reminisce. Go through the heart and drag your bloody hand on the walls until you reach the end. At the end, mark the doorway with the number 13. Ew. Will said, or Will anxiously laughed. This was stupid, but at this point, he'd believe in, believe or try anything. I mean, the ticket taker did help him. Will's head buzzed, but he still did what the ticket taker said. Okay, now what? Go lick the train or whatever else kids <laughs> rub their hands all over? <laughs> Will said out loud, go to... Oh, shit, I forgot to look this up. <laughs> go to Falkalt's... That, I was just looking Fukai. up how to, yeah, how to say it. Fo, like, like the uh, the French. Yeah, yeah, Foucault. Okay. I think. Go to Foucault's, Foucault's <laughs> pendulum and stop it from moving, hissed the voice in Will's head. He stopped. What am I even doing? You're summoning, uh, you're summoning another force, the voice continued. The only being that can save you from Ben Franklin, the Jersey Devil. Shouldn't I go to Jersey for that, Will scoffed, but still he headed towards the pendulum. He passed by crowds of people, many school trips, or mainly school trips, sorry. Uh, He wondered how crazy he looked and how no one had stopped him yet. The pendulum was massive and went through a few floor levels. There's no way he could stop that with his body alone. Will rushed into the room behind him to see if there was anything that could help, but nothing stood out. Will stood there in the center of the electricity room, his brain racing. A piercing and blood-curdling scream broke his thoughts. Some kid was running around screeching and throwing pennies at other kids. That scream didn't feel human, but it did give Will an idea. What if he just threw something at the pendulum? Like, the penny crank. Crude, but it could work. Will ran over to the penny crank near the entrance of the room and kicked the handle with everything he had. With, a gr- with the groaning sound of bending metal, the crank moved. He stomped on it again and kicked the handle clear off. Will ran back over to the pendulum. Here goes nothing. He threw the crank towards the cable that was controlling the weight. It hooked, a- on- it hooked onto the cable and disrupted the pendulum's flow. The weight spun counterclockwise, counterclockwise I can't talk, and knocked the pegs on the ground or on the ground level over in one swoop. There's like pegs. Right. On it. I forgot about that until yeah. I looked it up. Uh, Will looked over the railing, four stories below, full cult's pendulum pointed straight, no longer swaying. The picture of the earth at the center of the pendulum started seeping a viscous dark liquid from its edges. The liquid covered the star that adorned the ledge of the pendulum. To Will's horror, he realized it was blood. Uh, he started running, or Will started running away from the scene when he heard the voice of the ticket taker once more, head to the planetarium and set it on fire. Will rushed down, uh, towards the pen, or 
towards the planetarium. How is he going to start a fire with just a lighter in his pocket? A janitor cart loaded with Lysol cans sat outside of the entrance of the theater. Perfect. Will gasped as he grabbed as many cans as he could and headed into the dark, doomed, domed room. <sighs> Sorry. Very good. That's a lot. Uh, starting the fire wasn't as hard as he thought. No one even paid him any attention as he ran to the back room. There was plenty of film with an old projector that seemed to call his name. He began to light the film and scattered the Lysol cans. Once lit, the room started to catch quickly <clears throat> as he made his way back out to the planetarium. The once deafening sil silence of the room now broken with screaming teachers and students, all trying to escape the inferno. Will sat there for a moment looking up at the ceiling. He noticed that some of the stars seemed to form a pentagram and the voice of the ticket taker pulsated through his head again. Marvelous. The room began to rumble and cracks started forming on the domed ceiling of the planetarium. The room had cleared out as the fire spread and Will stood there staring at the ticket taker or staring at the ceiling waiting for the ticket taker's voice. He was only met with rubble from the cracks and the heat from the fire when he finally heard a laugh toward the doorway. Will's face was white as he peered towards the door. H how? screamed Will. Get out of here. Cenobite Ben Franklin stood there blocking the doorway with the ticket taker looming behind him. Will persisted. I thought this would summon the Jersey Devil. I thought you were trying to help me. Cenobite Ben Franklin chuckled. Dear child, your destruction has allowed me to enter it as one of my many forms. W Ben's voice began to distort as his body morphed into a new animalistic form. This new figure in front of him growled, I am the Jersey Devil. What? The two forms that blocked the doorway let out a guttural noise that seemed like laughs. Where the ticket taker once stood, stood a new form. It was skeletal and draconic and bolted into the planetarium. It stopped in front of Will and ripped the puzzle box away from Will's still bleeding hands. With the prize nestled in its beak, it dove into the flames. Will was left with the Jersey Devil who glared at him with blood-red eyes. It let out a head-splitting scream. Will sat down in one of the seats, took out a cigarette, and lit it. He took a puff, hearing the chains rattle towards him. The end. Yo! That right there, man. That was top notch. Will's dead now. Well, okay. I mean, maybe. Tear. Um, just rubbing open wounds all over the grossest part of Philadelphia, arguably. <laughs> we got Sadie B just turning into the Jersey Devil. Amazing. So good. I have to tell Will that he's, you know, I told him that I was putting him in my story. And I'm, make, I was, I'm making him listen to this. <laughs> I will walk into a his place. new job. Yeah, I will find him. <laughs> and I will just be playing it. I can't. On a boom box. Some of the way I had him talk is how Will talks, and I can't be Will. It's hard. Also, the part where he, um, was he yelling at the ticket taker? I imagine that time that he yelled at somebody and was just like, and like pointed all, yeah. and I was, oh. It's perfect. It was that. And you know how Will also does that weird little what giggle? Like that's <laughs> where some of that came from. But yeah. That's so good. I absolutely loved that. That was incredible. Fikes, I'm glad you like it because I felt weird 
and you self-conscious should. after it was done. Post it somewhere, because that's incredible. <laughs> well, there we are. <laughs> here we are. It's still Halloween, no matter what anyone says, and we did spoopy stuff. We did. It's also, like, our birthday season, so fuck off. Oh, yeah, Slam's birthday is this week. Well, your birthday was last week. Yeah, whatever. No one cares when you turn 30. Yes, they do. <laughs> um, oh, wait, I also, no, that's just me. I don't. I also realized that we were supposed to do this in Laurel Hill Cemetery on the way back here today. Yeah, I figured... Or no, not Laurel Hill. We were there last year, the, uh, not Mariah. That one. I can never remember the name of that place because I still know nothing of it. You've just told me 12 times where it is, and I'm like, okay. It's fine. <laughs> Traditionally, we're supposed to be doing this in the cemetery, so next year we will, but this well, year's... if we did it like two weeks ago, it would have been fine. It's chilly right now, man. I'm fine to be in a cold cemetery. Uh, well, I would have needed to wear different shoes. Yeah, well, I mean... Don't wear Crocs outside in the cold or in the rain. Yeah, I would have thought these high-quality high socks right here would have done it, and they just did not. They're not cutting <laughs> it. Um, all right, well, this is technically the episode that marks the end of our season, so... It's the end of it. It's the end. Uh, anybody who is a Patreon member, that means this is the end of Season 2 playlist. We're- Wait, I thought the playlist was for everyone now. Oh, no, it's still for them. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> uh, no, it's still for them. We're going to start up Season 3 playlist. Yeah, Season as 3, all the, same, all the same awesome stuff for Patreon people. Yeah. Um, Mike, I know I have to send you a sticker. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I have his address um, written in my phone so I can fucking email or mail it, and oh, I just I haven't t- yet. I took one, but then I went on... My honeymoon, and I just didn't even fucking... So yeah. I have it. I got it. It's chaotic. going towards you. Same with fucking... Same with Josh. Fucking Rosebear. We're getting you yours. Thank you so much for making that. But it's always going to be the same stuff for Patreon mem- members. Early access to shows. Bonus, like, side shows. Merch uh, stuff. Yeah, merch thingies. I don't know. We're sending Playlists. free stuff. Playlists. Cocktail specs. Oh, yeah, all the specs. Three bucks. Three bucks a month. Three you get all that shit. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. Uh, I guess hello or goodbye to all of the new people that are listening to us also. Yeah, if you guys, you know... If if, you're new to this, welcome. If this is, like, your first time and you hate us, we get it, but this is if this is, like, your second time and you're feeling pretty good about it, or, like, even your 20th time listening to us, can you go, like, like, rate and review our stuff? Yeah. Just like with your thoughts and feelings. Maybe don't give us like a two or a three star. Maybe either hate us or love us. I've told people before I would fight them over a one. Dude, honestly, I want to fight over like a two star. Who gives a two star? Well, I mean, I also just kind of feel like maybe if you don't like it, don't rate it type thing. But yeah, that's, no, that's also, true. But that's, that's also, also how I feel, but when I rate things, but Yeah, I don't. If I just think like twos and three like that's a coward's. If you're gonna answer. give us a bad rating, give us a bad rating like they did for Washington Square Park. Not enough squares. Not enough squares, man. Yeah, tell if you give us a bad rating, tell us why you hate us. Cause maybe, you know, we can maybe make we'll it fix more it. Maybe approachable. We won't. Yeah, to people or whatever. But yeah, do that. We have a lot of alien stuff coming up soon, too. Yes, I'm very Ooh. excited about alien stuff. And then we have our Crimbus episode. Yeah, doing Crimbus. We got a bunch of cool shit happening soon, so sorry that it's a little bit of a late start to our end of the season. Yeah. 
I don't know. I'm going away next week, so okay. we, we got to we'll figure, figure this out. out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we figure it I'll out. I'll just do the next episode, and then you can do an episode later. Hey. All right. Are we done? Uh, What else? Buzzsprout.com slash area215. Instagram area underscore 215. Follow us. We're trying to make reels, and I figured it out a little bit. So Yeah, we're trying to make reels. We don't really know exactly what we're doing. Also, we I was on Movers and Shakers, so we're famous now. Yeah, pretty much. I have a, I have a, I have a hat that <coughs> Work Wrangler might share my face in. Yeah. So I might be famous one day. Famous. I don't know what that means. It just says forklift certified and it's a Pornhub logo, and I think it's really funny. Oh, yeah. You can send that to Movers and Shakers, too. Actually, one of our listeners bought it for, for me. Shout what? out to fucking Danny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Shout out to everybody who's new and, and here for it. Whatever. Yeah. We'll see you uh, next season. We like you. You guys are, I don't know, smelly like us. I don't know what to say Whatever, right man. Smell you later. Uh. Hey, obviously, tell us, motherfuckers. Asalu pasta, see you in another dimension. It's uh, hot vodka. Smell you later. Oh, yeah. It's the Twitch Punisher, and we'll see you on another day. Hey.